0: is American, an adjective we apply to the United States of America and or its inhabitants, products and properties. American president, citizen, automobile. However, we apply different weights to words, and so adjectives impact differently on some nouns. Certainly, if I were to use the word Irish and place it in front of president, it would retain its equivalence. But would the same apply if I were to say Irish automobile? Irish independence. How about Indian or Israeli independence? Now consider these movie titles. French, Beauty, Algerian Gangster, Russian Sniper. And that's just cinema. In literature, you have Philip Roth's American Pastoral. In painting, there is Grant Wood's American Gothic. And in hip-hop, American Imagine if Alfred Hitchcock had called his movie American Psycho. Of course, that would mean that Bret Easton Ellis would have been obliged to abbreviate his novel to simply Psycho. They ring very differently, don't they? Absent of American, Ellis's Patrick Bateman suddenly loses his declarative status and the novel its dark, satiric tone. Ellis calling it Psycho lets us know we are dealing with a deranged individual. But by putting American in front, immediately shifts the gravity. Instead of the psycho being like Lee Harvey Oswald who acted alone, American Psycho suggests it is reflective of, or at least a commentary on, an ideology. By contrast, Hitchcock's film could never have worked with the rearranged title. It would have placed too great and a misplaced ironic tone on a story that was not yet possible in American culture. It would take the assassination of the president, and later his own brother, Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, the legal, but not social, dismantlement of segregation, not to mention losing the war in Vietnam, to allow the culture re-examine its sense of self, to admit that American exceptionalism was a sometime great notion rather than an attainable, let alone a sustainable ideal. By laying claim to certain words and so tightly fastening them to certain nouns, it is as if no other nation, South Africa, Australia, Japan, can produce their own graffiti, ultra, or heart. So let's place the adjective in front of some titles where it was not so conspicuous by its absence. American Castaway, American Twilight, American Armageddon, American Misery, American Glory. They each take on a different and unique tone, as if being an American Castaway or an American Twilight, American Misery, are inherently different from Norwegian, Egyptian, or Campuchian. Now let's take some films from outside the United States. Ingmar Bergman's Persona. How about if Woody Allen had made American Persona? Martin Scorsese, American Contempt. Spike Lee, American Spotting. Putting an adjective before the noun seems to bestow an added gravity to the film that without it, the movie seems less important. As if the film is demanding, you accept it as something it might not be. More than self-important, the self-title is self-reflexive, self-obsessed, narcissistic. How long can it be before someone calls their movie American classic? Only the people who do make that movie better make sure that it is indeed worthy of that self-declared importance, otherwise they're going to open themselves up to all manner of derision. Unless, of course, they are using it ironically. The problem with beauty is that it is so alluring that it all but numbs our critical faculties. Beauty implies perfection, while it simultaneously belies the flaw. The tagline to Sam Andy's film encouraged us to look closer. And it is only by doing that that we see the cracks in Lester and Carolyn Burnham's marriage. From the way the late great cinematographer Conrad Hall lit and framed the images, we see the Burnhams are less in a partnership than they are stuck in a penitentiary. The white picket fences in front of their home, the data columns on the computer screen in Lester's office, the vertical blinds in the house Carolyn is trying to sell, and even the $4,000 couch upholstered in Italian silk, you see the bars everywhere. Frank Fitz, the military veteran just moved in next door, is trapped in his own torment. And as for the younger characters, it seems that everywhere they go, death is closely stalking. On the way home from school, they are passed by a hearse and the opening lines of the film have Ricky suggesting to Jane that if she wants, he will kill her father. This isn't so much American beauty as it is American homicide. Perhaps because it was made by the optimistic George Lucas, or perhaps because it was set exactly in the middle of John F. Kennedy's presidency, the idyllic hopeful days between his inauguration and assassination, American graffiti is the only unadulterated celebration of buoyant confidence. But am I substituting American for positivity? Looking at it from the perspective of 1962, where a young person's biggest concern was cruising the strip, you can appreciate the idea that there was nothing to worry about on Main Street in Modesto, California on a Saturday night. Sunday morning was too far away and what you did after graduation, well, That was so stuffed with glittering prospects and boundless opportunity, you had no need to worry. Wow, it's a really beautiful night tonight. It's a perfect night for horseback riding. I was going with a guy who had horses once. Oh yeah? Mm. I had a couple of horses myself. Really? Hmm. I used them for hunting. I do a lot of hunting, you know. Hmm. Yeah, deer mostly. Got a couple of bear last year. Yeah, those were good ponies had to train them special myself, took a lot of time. Yeah, do you still have them? We can go for a ride. No, no, I I had to sell them to get these wheels and a Jeep. Um, I got a Jeep pickup with four wheel drive. and It's got a gun rack on it and I use that for hunting. Mostly. Why do you kill little animals? I think that's terrible. Oh, well, yeah. I figured with bears though, it's me or them. It wasn't until the very end when Falfa challenges Milner to a drag race that anyone comes face to face with mortality. Although the moment brings to a close a long, hot summer night, the dawn does give way to darkness. The film ends with a series of captions detailing where the young men would go, with Terry the Tiger signing off for duty in Vietnam, but not coming back. Oh! Oh! Another fire! No Danny, not that one, that one's empty. We gotta use the big one. I told you not to put metal in the science oven. What'd you do that for? Don't make such a big deal. Just get another one. I don't want another one. I want the one that Carmine gave me. Oh, Carmine, I want the one that Carmine gave me. Carmine, Carmine. Why don't you just marry Carmine? Get a little gold microwave and put it on a chain around your neck. You want to be more like Carmine? Why don't you build something like he does? Instead of all your empty deals, it's just like your fucking science oven. You know, I read that it takes all of the nutrition out of our food. It's empty, just like your deals. Empty, empty. <laughs> It's not bullshit. I read it in an article, look, by Paul Berdour. Bring something into this house that's going to take all the nutrition out of our food and then light our house on fire? Thank God for me. Christian Bale has appeared in two American films, American Psycho and American Hustle, the latter of which is very loosely based on real-life events from the late 1970s and early 80s, which ensnared several members of Congress for taking bribes. In coming across the FBI Abscam scandal, screenwriter Eric Warren Singer decided it would make an interesting film. Fashioned as a dark thriller, it wound up on the 2010 Blacklist for best unproduced screenplays. Initially, Ben Affleck showed interest in directing before choosing another Blacklist script, Argo. After that, multi-Oscar-nominated director David A. Russell signed on. Russell is also a writer, and he refashioned Singer's script, renaming it and replacing the characters, so he could turn it into a farce. Russell is also a writer, and he refashioned Singer's script, renaming it and replacing the characters, so he could turn it into a farce. As the title card announces at the beginning of the film, some of this actually happened. At which point, the audience would be entitled to wonder, who is being hustled? To reinforce this, bear in mind that when Singer sent a script out around Hollywood, he had called it American Bullshit. for me the most intriguing and therefore most effective application of the adjective comes in Paul Schrader's American Gigolo. Released in 1980, it is tempting to compare it to another film Schrader scripted in that same year, Raging Bull. And since we've mentioned that, we cannot ignore his previous collaboration with Martin Scorsese, Taxi Driver. Taken together, the three films can be seen as Schrader's complex examination of masculinity. But there is more. Shortly before going into production, John Travolta had been set to portray Julian Kaye, the eponymous Los Angeles-based escort. Travolta was at the time one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, having just come off the back-to-back behemoths of Saturday Night Fever and Grease. But Travolta had not been the first choice. No, Christopher Reeve had originally been tapped to play the lead. Imagine that, Superman as an escort. Ultimately though, both Reeve and Travolta shied away And so it fell to the then rising star Richard Gere. Remember this was the early 1980s when masculinity and sexuality were clearly marked. Men, white men, white heterosexual men were still in control. But while Julian earns his money by having sex with women, really he is the boy who is obeying their command. Anne, played by Nina Van Palant, is his sometime pimp. Polite society might refer to her as a procuress and if she were running a brothel she would be called a madame. But she isn't running a brothel, she is running a stable, filled with studs whom she displays around the track, so rich women can decide whom they want to ride. So, despite Julian's protestations, his world is controlled by women. But there is a man who does operate as Julian's other pimp, and that is Leon, played by Bill Duke. The casting of Duke is interesting and very knowing. Not only a fine actor with considerable charisma, the fact that Duke is black would have further diluted Julian's currency. Why did you come on to me? Like I said, I made a mistake. I heard you speaking French. Often in these big hotels, you, you run into women from foreign countries who may need a translator or guide. And they hire you? Yes. How many uh, languages do you speak? Five or six. Plus the uh, international language. A film with America in its title can be self reflexive, self obsessed, or narcissistic. American Gigolo goes one step further by including irony. Looking at Richard Gere as he struts along the boulevards in his perfectly tailored Armani suits, you would think he's the epitome of rugged individuality, a modern-day cowboy who traded in a stallion for a Mercedes and a Stetson for his Ray-Ban Wayfarers. But then Gere removes Julian's sunglasses to take a look at himself in the mirror. At the time when a movie showed a woman checking her reflection, the implication was that she was doing so in preparation for a man's look, the male gaze. By contrast, when a man did the same thing, it was to question or affirm to himself just who he was. Consider the moments in Taxi Driver and Raging Bull when Travis Bickle and Jake LaMotta look at themselves in the mirror. But the way Schrader frames Julian doing it, we see the only thing reflecting back is Julian's emptiness, his insecurity, his lack of self. Julian is supposed to be the American male embodying the American dream. Health, wealth, beauty... Youth and limitless allure. And yet, he is so desperately in need of salvation. Literally, figuratively, he ends up in prison where you know the only thing he can trade is sex. With that ending as our final perspective, we come to realise that everything that has gone before is a critique of masculinity and Americanness. All of which makes me wonder since Orson Welles had originally intended to call Citizen Kane American. When is somebody going to muster the nerve to make a movie called Un-American?